Evans and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, tomorrow is going to be an incredibly busy day around here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And we invite you, I mean, we invite you to just keep it on us every single day, all the time. But especially tomorrow, the Kevin Durant press conference is at 2. The Jonathan Gannon press conference is at 10 tomorrow. Uh, I haven't gotten official word. I'm 99.5% sure we're carrying both of those live here on our air. So you'll be able to hear them right here. So tomorrow's a busy day. We're going to get to know two of the most important, biggest names to join the Valley sports scene in the last couple of years. New crazy for the Cardinals and the new star for the Suns. Crazy that they're doing it on the same day. <laughs> I know, but get to do just okay. Hey, right, yeah, it is what it is. Let's, we let's, go. Let's, let's get it over. We ripped the bandaid off. Let's introduce everybody now. Gannon's press conference. Okay, we've we, we've seen the videos, yeah. right? We saw his, you know, welcome bird gang, uh, or I'm here, happy to see you, happy to be here. Video. We saw him talking with. Kyler yesterday. I'm really curious about his. I think I know what to expect out of KD. And I did hear from somebody very close to Kyler that because uh, uh, I said, is he going to stay for the Thursday press conference? Yeah, he'll be there all week rehabbing. Oh, good. So this is what I was told on Kyler. I asked, is he going to be here for the Thursday press conference? He goes, yes. He'll be there all week rehabbing. Good. Great. Okay, that's good. He, I, I hope he's here more than just this week. I mean, obviously he was here for the Super Bowl, I'm sure, but I'm glad he's staying and he does. He needs to be there for that press conference. I'm looking forward to getting to know Gannon through a press conference and through talking to him and things like that because it sounds like listening to Peter Schrager talk this morning about him and the situation on Good Morning Football, he sounds like a live wire of a dude. Let me give you a little timeline here because I think the assumption is that this was in the works and it was just let's get through the Super Bowl and we'll hire you officially. That's not the case. Jonathan Gannon had another interview Monday morning. Think about how tired we were after the Super Bowl on Sunday and then in a couple hours having to go and do a show. Jonathan Gannon got done with maybe the most heartbreaking Super Bowl loss you can imagine for a defensive coordinator, giving him 38 points or 31 points at least from the defensive side. And then got up and I'm told in Arizona had one of the most high energy positive interviews you could imagine that Monday afternoon and goes and gets the job and that's the difference here. This is what it's going to be. Schrager then painted a picture of the difference between the former coach and the now current coach. If Cliff Kingsbury is your chill coach, even-keeled guy. Jonathan Gannon is your fired-up, let's-go, high-energy guy. It's all going to be about Kyler, as we know, and this is a totally different personality than Kingsbury. Say what you want about Cliff's offensive genius. He is not going to be one shouting at you. He is not going to be one giving you this motivational speech on a Saturday that's going to have you ready to run through a wall. Cliff is Mm. the ultimate play designer and also the guy that's going to be there for you through thick and thin and be the same consistent deal. Jonathan Gannon's whole mantra in in Philadelphia was, we are going to be upbeat, we are going to be high energy, we are going to be up, 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 up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, we might talk a little bit of, uh, 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 uh." this is a guy that has a bunch of juice to him. And I think that's what really drew them in in Arizona. It's good. It's exactly what you wanted. Different personality. Mm-hmm. You didn't want that laid back coach bro type of thing. You know, as long as we don't see like a picture of him in, the, in his house with the fireplace on in July or like a lion on the wall. 
Uh, is he, uh, let's hope he's not a Leo. Is he a Leo? I hope he's not a Leo. Let's find out when his birthday yeah, is. Find out what his birthday is. I hope he's not a Leo. Uh, we don't get that stuff. I'm a Leo, so that's the symbolism there. Yeah. I can be honest with you. Like, I'm not going to miss that stuff. I don't, I, don't, I don't need to go deep dive into somebody's, like, you know, house and, like, that, that whole thing with the, you know, cliff and, you know, outside with the fire on and, uh, you know, during a dr- whatever it was. I did There's, the research. He is not a Leo. Uh, good. What he is, is he? He's a Capricorn. He's a Capricorn. Capricorn. All right. Yeah, he was born on January 4th. Okay. Capricorn. Okay. So, so this, what's the, what's the, uh, the, the, for a Capricorn, what is it? Is it a. I was going to say, I hope we don't have a giant painting of whatever that is. I was going to say, wall. what it, like, I know mine, mine's Pisces. It's two fish. I, I don't know what, the what. Capricorn the, is the 10th astrological sign in the zodiac out of 12. Oh, it's like a ram or something? It, that's what I, th- I thought it might it's be a, a ram. It's a goat. Is it a goat or a ram? It's the constellation Capricornus, the goat. <laughs> well, see, there you go. Yeah. Oh He's, my gosh, Jonathan Gannon's the, the goat. goat. He's the goat. Jonathan Gannon is yeah, the goat. Yeah, Jonathan don't go to his house. He has a thing on about like with a goat there. Yeah, when, when Hard Docs comes to do the thing on Jonathan, yeah, I got a picture of a goat up there. I'm a you Sagittarius, know, I'm a goat and I'm a Capricorn. I don't and even what, know what that is. I'm a Sagittarius, but I have no idea what a Sagittarius is. I promise you, no other show is making this connection. One thousand yes. percent. This is what you get on the Burns and Gambo. Yeah. This is what we do. The Archer, by the way, as a fellow Sagittarius. I'm the Archer. That's what I am. The Archer. Yes, sir. Isn't, right. your, isn't your daughter an archer? My, my daughter's an archer. Yeah. We're going to, uh, when we go on vacation this year, one of the stops is going to be in Ireland, and I'm going to have her do some archery in Ireland. Fantastic. That's yeah. awesome. I'm going to have her do some archery in yeah, Ireland. Yeah, th- this is kind of the analysis that you just can't you get You can't get this free. anywhere else. I mean, which is why we're giving it to you for free, yeah. right? I mean, it's just, no, you know, we should start charging you for that. <laughs> it's not great analysis at all, but it's the best we can do. Yeah, right it's right entertainment. Now. We're just trying to entertain um, you. What the heck was that? For, I, I know. No, bottom line is, this is what you want. You don't want it that is. same personality. It the is. guys need a different voice. You don't want to hear something that's a similar voice. They need a new voice. Now, look. This goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. This doesn't mean he's going to be a great coach. I mean, just because he's high energy, just because he's going to come into a room and, you know, like he's clapping down the hall when he's chasing down Kyler like uh, we saw in the Watson video. Was high energy. Yeah, I mean, right. High energy does not equate to great skill. High energy does not mean you're awesome at what you do. It just means you do it kind of louder and with a higher level I of energy. I Dave McGinnis. Dave McGinnis was high energy. He was, he was high energy. He was high energy. But in terms of that fresh coat of paint that we're talking about for this yeah. organization, mm-hmm. that different voice. I'm, I'm happy to hear that because Cliff was just too easygoing, laid back, just kind of had that vibe about him where you just didn't really feel like the guys were like, ooh, what's Cliff going to say? Ooh, what's Cliff going to do? That was never his real thing, right? And so a different voice who's got that kind of energy, it can't hurt. Let's put it that way. Is it the end-all, be-all? No, but it can't hurt trying to change the tone of this team. Listen, you're selling something. And you got to get everybody to buy in as a head coach. You're you're selling. Kenny Dillingham is selling. Monty Williams is selling. You're selling yourself. You're selling your approach. You're selling your method. You're selling everything. You're selling it, and you need a, you need a buy in. Yeah. And it's probably a little bit easier to get everybody to buy in because they they only won four games last year and had a lot of failures. And the, the coach's approach was different. He's going to come in with a lot of energy, and I think guys will relate to that. Look, you, I expect that they'll relate to that. You brought up a really interesting name, and I hadn't thought about this. All right. Kenny Dillingham's hired ASU. We saw it. We liked it. We went okay. And then he had the press conference, and we're like, holy. He blew it out of the water. Who is this guy? Kenny Dillingham right? blew it out of the water. And, 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 and that press conference changed 
everything about what we thought about Kenny Dillingham. We're like, this guy's a force of nature. Now, I'm not saying Gannon's going to do the same thing, but there are, needless to say, some skeptics out there about Gannon and whether this is going to work and whether this is the right hire and whether this is the one that's going to make Cardinal fans happy. If he comes in there and pulls a Dillingham in his press conference and just everyone's like, oh, my God, the passion, the energy, the excitement. If he does that tomorrow, he will He'll change win a lot minds. Of people over, yeah. He will win people, that, maybe not everybody, but he will change minds of some of the skeptics here in town, just like I think Dillingham did when he had his press conference. I never forget that day. I was like, wow, this guy's crazy. Listen, yesterday was all about it's a risky hire. The guy's never been a head coach before. The Philly fans, you know, weren't sad to see him go like yesterday was a lot about there's some risk involved here, you know, and hiring this guy. And today's more of okay, it's telling he's your coach. Like yeah. he's your coach. Now now let's look at the positive. Let's look at what he might be able to bring to the table because there's a ch- we don't know whether the guy's going to succeed or fail. There is a chance that he'll succeed. There's a chance that he'll end up being a good football coach. And that's what you hope for. And you hope he comes in. You hope he knocks it out of the park with the not only the press conference, but the, you know, the key. You got to get everybody to buy in. Once you've got everybody bought into what you're selling, that's, you know, you'll be able to implement your plan and, 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 and execute it and hopefully have success. I want to play one more real quick from yeah. Schrager this morning on what separated Jonathan Gannon from Lou Anarumo. Came down to two names. Lou Anarumo, okay? Different type of deal. Older coach. Mm-hmm. Guy who was with Cincinnati for the last several years. And Jonathan Gannon, who even the Eagles said is probably just a rental because he is that hot a candidate. The first year didn't go as perfect mm-hmm. as they wanted. Second year was great. And now Gannon's gone and he's going to Arizona. But I think the energy and the juice and the culture mm-hmm. that he'll bring is a little mm-hmm. different than Kingsbury. Nothing negative about Kingsbury. But this one is just, <laughs> let's go, yeah. let's go. Let's see if that works for Kyler. Maybe they'll have Kind of ran its course. Logan Wilson from the Bengals was quoted as being ecstatic that Lou Anarumo is remaining with Cincinnati. They loved him. Yeah. They loved him. Yeah. Selfishly, I'm ecstatic he'll be back. He's still like a call. great coach. I, I, I wanted him. Yeah. I, I wanted I wanted Sweet Lou to come get the job. A lot of experience. His defenses have been absolutely fantastic. He's done a tremendous job with those defenses. He didn't get the job. And, and again, now now we wait because, you know, now we wait to see what, what kind of staff is put together. Because apparently, Mike Zimmer, you mentioned Mike Zimmer's name yesterday. That was the report from Howard Balzer that he might but be in line the for Broncos defensive coordinator. Also have interest mm-hmm. in him. That is correct. So we just got to keep our eye on the staff now. When we come back, he didn't play a minute last night, but he got two standing ovations. The impact of Kevin Durant was felt everywhere at Footprint Center. We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. DeAndre Ayton speaking for an entire fan base last night when he's like, dude, that's Kevin Durant over there. I'm really speechless, to be honest. We got KD. Ain't that something? That's what I ask myself all the time. Only thing I can do is possibly just make sure I'm ready to play because he's going to come ready to play and do what he got to do every night. So me just making sure I'm an anchor on this team and you know just doing the right thing, doing the right things to contribute to a win. Chris Paul took him to a certain level. The, pre- the preparation for the players mm-hmm. took him to a different level. I mean, all this, all the antics that had happened in previous years were gone when Chris Paul got here. He demanded it from the players. He's very demanding. That's why Chris Paul, they, you know, they say wears on you after a while. He's very demanding. He's going to work hard. He expects you to work hard, too. Now you get Kevin Durant in here. Yeah. Like, Kevin Durant's got one goal, to win a championship. That's it. He's, his goal is to win a championship. If you're not on board with that, you're going to have a problem. So the guys that they're bringing in are, are guys that prepare as hard as they can. They work as hard as they can. 
and their goal is to win at all costs. Like, how can you not fall in line with what they're doing? If you, if you don't, it, the chances are you're not going to be here. Yeah, it's uh, and that's something that kind of Monty alluded to last night, too, was or, or yesterday before the game, that there's just a different energy with a Kevin Durant on your team. It's pretty cool to have a guy on your team that pretty much everybody on the team looks up to. You know what I mean? I mean, you can basically have two of them with Chris and KD. And so I think it creates something and I can't even explain it. It's, it's just pretty cool to watch when you have high character, high level basketball players in your gym um, that love the game and they want to get better every day and they want to see guys around them get better. Again, I, I don't have a word for it, but I know when I'm in the gym, I can feel it. You know, I'm like, these guys look up to Chris and KD, but they also understand that, you know, we're all on the same team trying to, you know, do something pretty cool here. Did you feel any of that watching the game last night? Like, did, like, yeah, that they were showing off. Did, a little like bit. They were trying to play hard to, like, yeah, yeah, because I think what you're trying to do is you're trying to prove that you made the decision. You came to the right place. It's yeah. a good team. We're going to, you know, I think you, you are. I think you're, you're playing not just to win the basketball game, but to impress him. Uh huh. To impress him, I really got that vibe. Last oh, 100%. night, one hundred percent. I did too. It was really and, and that vibe and just the you know like you and I have been doing this so long, right? Like and people listening to us right now, they've been sports fans for so long. There was something I geeked out for a second when he's there in the hoodie sure. and the beanie. I'm like, holy crap! There's Kevin Durant. Yeah. You know, like like not that he's here. Well, of course he's here. They traded for him a week ago, but there he is, right? And he's sitting on the bench, and it's only a matter of time before he's going to be on the floor. And there's no doubt they were showing off for him last night. I mean, Booker had one of his best games of the season. He's had a lot of good games this year. That was one of his best games of the season. Aiton played out of his mind. I'm telling you, though, and I'm going to keep saying this, I think Aiton is the key guy in this whole thing in terms of who... KD changes or alters. I, I think DeAndre Ayton, A, is going to get a ton of looks, and B, I think it's going to make that motor run a little bit hotter because you got, you're got you flanked by Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and, and Kevin Durant, and yeah. you better bring it. You, you know, better the, bring it. You're standing like a sore thumb if you don't. DeAndre Ayton has to take the debates about him with other guys, not Embiid or Jokic, because he can't, I don't think he could ever get to that level. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he needs to be the next best guy. He's got to take the debates about him and Carl Anthony Towns or him and Sabonis and put an end to him. So last night, you watched Sabonis play and you watched DeAndre Ayton play. Who would you rather have? DeAndre Ayton. Right. Right. But not like, even close. But you can't, he needs to not make those debates. Last year, there was a debate. The Suns considered it. Like they can, they talked about it. They considered it. He's got to play at a level to where, Okay, Embiid and Jokic, different level. But you need to be the third best guy. You need to be the next best center. Can't get outplayed by other guys that are at your position. You just can't. You need to, when you play against Cat, you got to kill him. When you play against Gobert, when you play against, you know, Sabonis, you just got to destroy those guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, I, I think we saw that last night. Now, maybe that was because Kevin Durant was in the house and sitting down, and but he's just got to be like that on a regular basis. But I will say, too, okay, last night was the first night there was KD there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to thank Gerald Bourget for putting this stat out there on Twitter. He covers the Suns for PhD. 
Chinnick. Yeah, I sports. like Gerald. He does a nice he job. He does a really good job. Uh, in fact, I, I tell you right now, the, the group of people we have covering the Suns right now, it's it's incredibly strong between Gerald, our own Kellen, Dwayne Rankin. I mean, there, there are some really... The bright Side of the Sun guys. Dave King over Espo. Bright Side of the Sun. And they all been around, too. Like, they're not yeah. new to this at all. Uh, no, Larry. I mean, it's, it's a... Larry? Larry. There's got to be a guy called Larry. This comes to son. Hey, what is it? Larry. 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 Um, he does a great job. A, a, a great compliment to yeah. everybody who's covering the Suns right now because I don't know if it's ever been better. It's there's just well, such. Has there ever been a better time? I mean, it's, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Like, is you know, there's never been a better time to cover the Phoenix Suns. He points out on Twitter that since the start of February. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is pre Kevin Durant. This is certainly pre last night. DeAndre Ayton is averaging. 25 points per game, 10 and a half rebounds per game, a steal per game, a block per game. He's shooting 72% from the floor. Yeah, and that's what he that's what he usually is. He's usually a very efficient shooter. So when he has those games when he shoots 50%, like that's just not him. Yeah. He's usually very efficient around the basket. You'll get those 13 out of 15 from the field games every once in a while from DeAndre because he's a very efficient shooter. He doesn't shoot threes. So his percentage should be high. He doesn't pop out and take long-range jump shots. He's not a three-point shooter. Everything is around the basket. He's got a nice turnaround. He's got a nice touch on it. Good jump he gets hook, a lot all of that t- stuff. Yeah, gets a lot of tip-ins. Um, and th- so he, you know, so his his percentage should be very high. Should be. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You've been saying this about guys in the NBA for years. And the one thing I think we all want for DeAndre Ayton is just a little bit of consistency. Now, okay, like we've seen stretches from. DeAndre, where he's here and then he's down here, and and I'm holding my hand up high and I'm holding my hand up low. We've all kind of ridden the roller coaster with DeAndre Ayton. What you've said about NBA players for a long time, I want to see DeAndre Ayton turn that corner. I want to see him be good to great 60 games out of an 82-game season, mm-hmm. 65 yeah. games out of an NBA season. With, with Ayton, for too much of his career, it's been a good week, a bad week, a good month, a bad month, a good game, a bad game. Right. There's yeah. never been that steady level of achievement with him. I hope that corner's been turned, but it feels like that's all we've done for DeAndre Ayton is hope that that corner's been yeah, turned. There's a lot of general managers in this league that do break it down like that. And you've got bad players, but you have average players, good players, great players, superstars. And there is a level of how often you're really good in a basketball game that determines which level you're in. Are you an average player, a good player, a great player, or a superstar? And it depends on how many games... Not everybody's going to play 82 great games, but, you know, some guys may play 20 great games. Some guys might play 30. Some plays are by 40, 50, 60. That ultimately determines what category you fit in yeah. to, to some GMs out there. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line when it comes to the Suns at 620-620 right now. They've got one more game against the Clippers on Thursday, nationally TV, nationally televised audience, and then they are off for the All-Star break. Did Suns president of basketball ops and GM James Jones feel that energy at Footprint Center last night. Our exclusive conversation is next only on Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Scheduled to hear from James Jones. I imagine he'll be calling in any moment here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Suns coming off of a high-energy win last night against the Sacramento Kings. And then tomorrow, 2 o'clock press conference introducing Kevin Durant. Tomorrow night, they take on the LA Clippers in a nationally televised game on TNT. And then that's it. It's shutdown time for the Suns. None of them are... Well, I think that's not true. I think Saban Lee is going to be playing in like the Futures game or something like that during the All-Star break. If I, see, were, I thought I, they didn't I, have anybody. I thought I saw where Saban Lee was going to do something. i got to be honest with you. With, without any of the guys in the game... My interest level in that basketball game is a zero. Yeah, my interest level in that game is usually kind of a but zero plays, anyway. I want to see. Chris yeah. Paul plays. If somebody plays, I've got a vested interest to watch it. I want to see our, the Suns players play and do well. Yeah. Uh, but with none of those guys in the game? I do like the format they play with, though. The, the, I, I, there's a name for it, and I always forget the name. But basically, the fourth quarter, there's like a for, the, the Elam ending. Is that what it's called? Thank you. Where you basically have to get the first team to 124 wins or the first team to 142 wins. And it just sets up kind of a different looking game. A different, They don't play with a clock, basically, in the fourth quarter. That's kind of fun. But you're right. Without any real local interest, mm-hmm. I really doubt. And, and honestly, fine. I, I, Devin Booker not there. the guys that are in the dunk contest? No, it's... I, I, I it's, don't even know who those guys are. Uh, it, like, if the players in the dunk contest, you're like, oh, my God. That's, like, it's bad. Like, let me go through the names. I think do, I sent it, I sent it to you. So, in the dunk contest, uh, Trey Murphy, okay. Kenyon Martin Jr., Mac McClung, Jericho Sims. Like, it's not even a good list yeah. of guys. That event has been slowly declining over the last several years. It's it's just not, I don't know, maybe I'm just old, but that, that to me is just not as much fun as it used to be. It's not like the must-watch. I'd much rather, I'd watch the three-point contest. Any, that's where the stars are. The three-point contest. That's where a lot of the big names go. Well, that's where right? you were hoping Damian Lee was going to get in there. Yeah, because that would have been fun to watch, to see yeah. how he competed in that of course. one, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, a book, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, they get the long week off, fine, take the long week off. I'd rather they have guys have been injured. They all, they'd rather they Both have guys have been injured. All right, we just got word James is going to j- now join us at 345. Okay, 345. So instead, let's move on to what we were going to talk about at 345 and just kind of switch things around a little bit. And that is yet more reaction out of Philly to the Arizona Cardinals hiring Jonathan Gannon. And this one comes with a little bit more of a negative slant than the last one. If you missed us earlier in the show, we were talking about this columnist in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer who basically basically wrote a piece that said, look, forget Shane Steichen. The one that the Eagles are going to miss is Jonathan Gannon. Like, he was basically a second head coach. He's irreplaceable. Shane Steichen is replaceable. Jonathan Gannon is very irreplaceable. Same newspaper, different columnists, basically saying... Good riddance on Jonathan Gannon. The guy didn't even have the guts, his words, not mine. The guy didn't even have the courage to face the media after the Super Bowl loss. James Bradbury did. Jonathan Gannon couldn't wait to get out of the out of the building did when James all that Steichen went down. Did speak to the media? He did not. He did not. He did not. So and he pointed that out in the call. Huh? The offensive coordinator didn't speak to the media either. No, he didn't. I don't want to say this is much ado about nothing. He probably should have spoken to the media. There was questions they probably would have asked about. The second half collapse, what Mahomes was able to do to them that you'd want to hear from a defensive coordinator. So, so I think that he should have stood by his guys, especially Bradbury, who had the big holding penalty. Yeah, he should have. 
I'm going to hold it against them? No, I'm not going to hold it against them. Yeah, it, it, ha- it happens. And, and he didn't, look, I, I want to make sure I'm clear about this. He didn't use the word guts and he didn't use the word courage. That was just me kind of paraphrasing what I read. Um, he, here's what he wrote. Jonathan Gannon did not answer these kinds of questions after the Super Bowl. He did not answer any questions from the media after the Super Bowl. He didn't admit to anything, not publicly anyway. As the Eagles DC, Gannon was under no formal obligation to speak to reporters Sunday night at State Farm Stadium. It would have reflected well on Gannon to open himself up to some inquiry. Those are the exact words that were used. It would have reflected well on him. I'm with you. And look, I've... Yeah, you and I have been doing the media thing for a long, long time. I do not get all that bent when a guy doesn't want... There are certain situations where I think a guy needs to speak to the media, right? Who needs to kind of, yeah, my bad, something went wrong, I need to fix it, I, I take responsibility for this one, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't think Gannon rode... To that rose to that occasion in the, the Super Bowl. I don't think Steichen rose to that occasion in the Super Bowl. I, I don't believe that those guys should have been required to speak or it reflects poorly on them that they didn't. I think it would have been good to stand beside your guys. They just lost the Super Bowl. They've got to answer questions. I think, you know, I think it would have been better for him to have answered those questions. I think there would have been a lot of questions for him about what happened, how you blew a 10 point lead, the plays, the, the, the wide open touchdowns that Kansas City was able to score. I think that he should have spoke. But again, I'm not going to hold it against them. I, and so, like, like to say it's much ado about nothing. Like he didn't speak to the media. Like, you know, that's Marshawn Lynch would always show up. I'm just here to not get fined. Didn't Seriously, want to speak. I don't get like, fined. Yeah. Yeah. So there are guys that didn't know. Now listen, he's going to speak to the media on Thursday. They're not going to ask him about that. I don't. I don't think. Uh, well, maybe the Philly guys will show up. Hey, I'm here because I wanted to ask you a question. I wasn't able to ask you a couple days ago. I just what happened stayed to in your town. soft coverage in the second half yeah. against Patrick? How come Mahomes? you guys couldn't get one sack <laughs> against Patrick Mahomes? Where was your pass rush? You know, I, like I doubt that. Yeah. Like so, I'm not sitting. Oh my God, it's the worst thing in the world. He didn't speak to the media. He's a he's a terrible person. He's a no. This, this the offensive coordinator who coached just hired didn't speak to the media afterwards. Yeah. Okay. The head coach did. The head coach Nick Sirianni spoke to the media. The players spoke to the media. The coordinators didn't speak. You know, I don't. I, again, I'm not going to hold it against the guy. I want to play this sound for you. Brian Flores <clears throat> was introduced today Ooh, as okay. the defensive coordinator of the Vikings. Um, here's a full 42 second soundbite explaining the head coaching opportunity that he had in Arizona. Still, there's still some uh, an opportunity with Arizona. Uh, like I said, you know, you you, you almost you get a gut feeling. I think we've all kind of had those. That um, you know, this was the place for for me and my family. Um, this was the right opportunity. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I was in church a couple weeks ago uh, as this was all going on, and the pastor's uh, Brian Edmonds in, uh, in, in Pittsburgh. He's he said, "In life, you can there's instances where you can either have control or you can have growth, and you can't have both." Um, and that kind of, you know, that 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 hit me pretty pretty good. Um, and uh, I just felt like this was a great opportunity for growth. You could have control or growth, but you can't have both. Yeah, that's fascinating. I uh, never heard that before. Basically, he thought that that was a better opportunity to go to the Vikings. Now there is a lot of feeling out there that guys that have had one head coaching job. And really can't make a mistake in picking the wrong organization for their second one. You can't do it because then you're done. You're done for good. Yeah. So you you guys might say it's better off to 
to sit for a year. Now, we talked about the potential openings next year. There could be some great jobs that are open next year. Could be. There are a lot of, there are guys out there that feel like if I had my first job and I failed, I got to make sure my second one's a good job. Because if I fail at the first one and I fail at the second one, I'm done. I'll never be a head coach again. So if they looked at the Cardinals organization, if they looked at the Kyler Murray situation, if they looked at the roster, if they looked at the ownership, and it just felt like I'm, I'm not, I might not be able to have success there, they would rather take the DC job. And, and buy their time until the, a better opportunity sh- arises. Yeah. I had wondered about that with not all of the guys who had said no to the Cardinals because, you know, one of them was Ian Cunningham. He was a general manager. One of them was Dan Quinn. Tom Pellicero had said, hey, look, if, you know, Dan Quinn had just taken the job, this thing would have been over for the Cardinals. But I did wonder about Flores. And I wondered if he specifically took the Vikings defensive coordinator job because he had heard in the wind that the Cardinals were going to hire Gannon. I thought about that at some point over the last couple of days, and I haven't. But is Flores saying he was offered the job? No, no, he's he's just saying that. Quote: There was still an opportunity with Arizona. He did not clarify if he was offered the job or simply still in the mix. He never, at any point during today's press conference, said that he was offered the head coaching job. Just indicated, quote, there was still an opportunity, close quote, with Arizona. Okay, but he didn't say that he was offered the job. He didn't say that. No, he didn't directly say that. I, I just wonder if he turned down that second interview because he's like, I know I'm not going to get it. I, I've my eight, and we talked about this in the moment, like right, like I, I know I'm not going to get the gig. I know they're going to go a different direction. I know they're leaning towards somebody else other than me, and I'd rather take the bird in the hand versus the two in the bush, you know, and, and interview for a job that I know I'm not going to get and let something like this pass me up. I, 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 I just so he turned down the opportunity, not the job. Yeah, that's what he turned down. Yeah. I turned down the opportunity to be the Cardinals coach, not turn down the job. Yeah, there was still an opportunity with Arizona. Didn't say that the job was his, just that there was an opportunity to continue to compete for it, and he probably didn't think he was going to get it. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, James Jones, our weekly visit with the Suns, President of Basketball Operations and General Manager, will join us next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Suns, driven by Sonic Drive-In. Mmm, Sonic. Burns and Gambo take you inside the Suns front office and talk with a key decision maker. It's our weekly visit with Suns President of Basketball Operations and General Manager James Jones coming off of last night's win against Sacramento, 120 to 109. Suns have won 11 of their last 14 games. With that, we say hello to General Manager, President of Basketball Ops, James Jones. James, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to have you on the show, James. I, I wanted to ask you, being a player that had been with Indiana and Phoenix and a few different teams before you got to Miami, and then a couple of years later, LeBron got there, how much do guys elevate their game when they play with a star player like that? Because I saw last night, it, it just seemed like everybody on that Suns team was elevating their game to a different level with KD in the building, sitting down right there. Does that happen? Um, it does. I mean, I think it, it lifts everyone. You know, players, you know, you get a chance to, to be energized by, you know, a, a great player walking into the building. And then you can't under, and underestimate the, the response and the reaction from the fans. You know, we, we thrive and, and you know, we're fueled by our fans and the atmosphere that our fans create. And so you can just see last night, even though he wasn't playing, you know, the fact that he was on the bench uh, had everyone um, up top all the way to the floor um, 
filled with joy, and it was a good environment for us. Yeah, do guys want to just do guys want to impress him too? Is there a, is there a level of that? Like when LeBron came to Miami, did guys want to play really well just to show him that hey, you picked the right team, this is a good team, I'm a good player? Did guys feel like that? No, I think it's more. I mean, if you were in the, the huddles and you were around, you see, you know, guys like that when they give you the stamp of approval. You know, they tell our guys like, "Hey, man, great play, man, go harder." You know, they kind of direct um, our actions, and and so it's it's good. You feel that gravity um, around those great players. They kind of draw you, you know, towards greatness, and, and it's been good to just see the guys who have been fighting for minutes, who've been really instrumental in keeping us afloat. It's good to see them get the recognition that they deserve. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show, as a matter of kind of procedure, are we safe to assume that KD will be available that first game after the All-Star break, or have you guys yet to make that determination, James? No, nah, that's TBD. Um, if, once we know, we'll let you know. Um, I, I think the All-Star break will be huge for him. Um, this has been an opportunity for him to really get back in the gym uh, consistently and ramp up. Uh, so we'll see when we come out of All-Star uh, if he's ready for Friday. Um, if not, you know, I know it'll be sometimes shortly thereafter. Talk about a little bit the the not the evolution of Devin Booker, but just in the last week since he's been back. It seemed like last night. I mean, certainly he was good, Devin Booker, the first couple of games. Last night, it really seemed like he had some some juice back in there as well. Was that was that kind of the Devin Booker you've expected to see since he returned from the injury? Uh, he's getting back. I mean, he's still not there. Um, but last night was a good step. I mean, he was back at home. He got a chance to to get back into his routine. And and once again, like I said, the crowd was great last night. I know he fed off of that. And you know, he's still still you know shaking off the the final you know cobwebs and rust. But uh, I was impressed with with the the some of the transitions that he had last night. Some of those possessions uh, seemed like flashes of the old Devin. I'm going to ask you about Ish Wainwright because I know he's a player that's played extremely hard for you. We love having him on the show. He seems like your type of player, you know, a heart and soul guy. that will give you everything he has. He's got one game left before you've got to convert him to a standard contract or let him go. Have you made a decision yet on Ish Wainwright's future with the organization? No, we haven't. I mean, if we would have, we would have said it already. <laughs> he's he's someone who we we value, and and he's been been great. The the growth that he's demonstrated, especially over the last uh, month or so, while while we've been down bodies, it's been been great to see. And I know the coaches love him. We love him. We love having him here. Uh, we just want him to continue to to, to progress forward and. And uh, it'll, it'll take care of itself when the time comes. So why no decision yet? Is it just simply to see if there's anything else available on the buyout market or if there's an injury that may force you to do something I mean, else? Is that what it is? Just no, you know, take take your time? No, he, he has games left, you know, so and until he doesn't have any games left, we, we don't have to make a decision. Let's talk about, since Gambo asked you about the buyout market, let's talk about Terrence Ross. That became official today. What was it about him specifically that made the organization target him to go after in the buyout market, James? Well, the profile, the type of player, you know, that, that we need. You know, athletic, scorer, uh, can play with the starters, come off the bench. Um, you know, I, I love offense. I'll, I'll never turn down a guy who is inclined or has a, a preference for playing offense. And I just think where he is in his career, you know, he's a guy that's played on, on really good teams. He's played in some rebuilding situations. He's basically accepted whatever role the team needed from, from him. Um, and, and, and he's demonstrated his desire 
to, to win. He wants to compete for a title, and, and we thought it would be a good fit for him, and he thought the same. And yet, when it comes to one thing we've noticed about you, players that you've acquired and rosters that you've built, it does seem like just about every guy who steps on the floor has to have some level of commitment to defending. And, and I, I ask you this question about Terrence Ross, but also about T.J. Warren. Is there sort of an expectation of a higher level of defensive intensity from those guys, given that they're now members of this organization? Because that's always seemed to be a requirement of yours to play for the Suns. Well, you know, I, I I definitely would would tell you that those guys understand that we have to defend. You know, that's just one of the pillars of what we do. But secondly, I would say that we have a great scheme and we have great team defenders. Um, I think defense is, has always been uh, a team construct. And if you give the effort and, and you get into the right spots, your teammates make you look good. So I just think these guys will be in a defensive system that will allow them to, to play to their strengths. They're both athletic. They both have length and range. And if they can just like lock down on some of those key, key few key effort plays and, and concepts, I think they'll be fine. I thought, I thought Josh Okoji had one of his best games as a member of the Suns last night. Boy, he has really took advantage of the opportunities and the minutes he's getting, hasn't he? He's fearless, and, and I think that's uh, that, that's what, what impresses me about Josh. Um, you know, you can ask him to go out there and defend the best player. You can ask him to just go out there and put his body on the line, and he relishes those opportunities, and and he gets back up. I think he had a play last night where he hit the ground and he was up in .5 seconds. And it just shows that he wants to be in it. He wants to compete. Um, he's he's not afraid. And uh, he wants to make his mark on the defensive end. And, and we can use that uh, because we all know how good we are offensively. Yeah, I love the fast break layup after Book ripped the ball from Saponis, and then he comes back and he hits a three. I mean, he was he is he was fearless. Is it? I don't know if you made a determination on this yet, but when KD plays, we've we discuss this all the time. Who's the fifth starter? I mean, you've got some options out there, but do you have a lean towards a Koji with his defensive presence as maybe being that fifth starter when KD comes back and comes into the lineup? Man, you guys are asking the wrong guy. I'm not the coach. You know, I think coach will determine. Who plays? You know, my job is to make sure that we have guys that are, are capable of, of giving us what we need. Um, I think you know you can you can go a bunch of different ways, but you know, that's the beauty of the roster we've constructed right now. Um, we have to determine that uh, we have time um, coming off the All Star break to really think it through once we get all of our guys whole. But you know, it's going to be a challenge for us to figure out how to make it work. But I do know we will get it right. The guys here are all committed to doing whatever it takes for us to put ourselves in a position to win a title. Just real quick, uh, because I asked you about Terrence Ross, is he going to be available for you tomorrow night against the Clippers before you shut it down for the All-Star break? Um, I mean, that's the plan. So so we'll see. He was in the, in the building today. Um, we still have to get him up to speed. Another thing about us is uh, when we put a guy out there, we want to make sure he understands where he should be and what he should do. Um, he's healthy, so uh, it just it will just be a matter of game plan whether or not he's available tomorrow. But I definitely know he'll be ready post-All-Star. All right, big win in Chapel Hill for, for Miami the other day, taking out North Carolina. Chance for an ACC conference title. Is this is this the best Miami team you've seen in the last few years? Yeah, it is. And and you know, that's what that's what we do. When when we're good, we're good. And so I'm I'm excited for for those guys down there. And uh the ACC is is in flux, but you know, for us that's a good thing because it it allows us to have a chance to establish ourselves as one of those elite teams. James, as always, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on the big win last night. It was a lot of fun to watch, for sure. Uh, Good luck uh, tomorrow against the Clippers. We'll talk to you in a week.
All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, James. James Jones joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Suns Clippers tomorrow night. When we come back, we're at the turn. It's already 4 o'clock. The day's flying by. 4 o'clock reset is next here on the Burns and Gambo Show.